Yeah, look, I think it's always going to be a struggle. That's the nature of it. But, you know, that struggle is also part of the process. You know, the struggle to remove person, place, time and space from the centre of our thinking. I mean, it's never actually removed in the sense of done away with. But it does dominate our thinking. And I think through spiritual work, it can become less so. Its influence can be less so. So yes, the text is written in person, place, time and space. It's written in a historical form here. But you know that there's more here than meets the eye, right? You know that. So the person, place, time and space stuff is like the bitumen and the pitch that is encasing the ark. But the Lord draws us in. He elicits an affection which can draw us in. So it's a process that's being described here. It's our process. And, you know, I think that part of the difficulty perhaps we have is that, you know, there's a lot of correspondences in everything we read and it's almost like, oh, we need to know all these. But really what you want is the meaning, the kind of general meaning of what's going on. And if you can have that abstracted from things, then the actual text itself at the level of the letter can be read differently. It can be read in terms of our process rather than getting caught up in the historicals of it. So what happens is, is that you come to the text and you read it at an initial pass is at a historical level. Now at that point, you just remind yourself, this isn't history. This is the inner history of everyone's life so far as regeneration is concerned. So that creates a condition whereby we can start to look inward. So what we're reading about are the structures and processes of the mind as the word impacts upon it. That's really what's here. But if you don't do that, then what happens is, is that you project out into time and space. And the more you project out into time and space, so into the, this is a historical account and that's what really is important and that's what matters and all of that, like a lot of biblical criticism and all of that kind of stuff, that's where it goes. But you're moving further away. You're actually moving out into the world and the external realm. You're not moving into the internal realm. So the more that we are drawn out, the less we will see what is within and the less meaningful what is within will be, and probably the less real it'll appear in that state. Because, you know, whenever we get drawn into proprial stuff, which is person, place, time and space stuff, external stuff, the spiritual recedes from our ability to contact it. It doesn't actually recede. We have become embedded in where it can't be received. That's probably a more accurate way of describing that. You know, so the Lord isn't sort of sitting there thinking, mm, should I open them or not? What happens is, is that your actual engagement with the text, the affections that are operative, allow you to see more or not. And you only see what is going to support you to take the next step in the spiritual life. You don't see beyond that and you don't see what you can't be held in and brought through either. So obviously we can't 
see the divine truth as it is in itself. So divine truth is the light that we see by, not the things we actually see. So the things we see is a finite grasp of divine truth. And so it's going to carry appearances, falsities. It's all in the mix. You know, we don't have truth in a pure form. But what the saving grace is, is a willingness to apply things as we understand them. And to do that as sincerely as possible. And that is charity. That's the influx of charity. And that is what brings more light. So it's not about getting all our truths in a row and getting them right, because no one has them right in the sense that there is one rightness for everybody, because we are all being created into forms of charity which are specific to a use. And so whatever the use is, that is what determines how truths are understood and seen so far as their application goes. So it's the same divine truth that spirits in the kidneys have as spirits in the deepest parts of the brain have. It's the same divine truth, but because their functions are different, it's organized differently and understood differently. And so I'm not so tight on worrying about getting the right interpretation. What I encourage people to do is to practice what they know and the Lord will provide what's needed. So if you think about it like this, the same influx enters into angels of the celestial heaven, angels of the spiritual heaven, angels of the natural heaven, those in the church. The same influx is entering the minds of the spirits of hell. It's all the same influx. The only difference is the form of the vessel that's receiving it. And that produces the experience. So these are organic structures of the mind. By organic is meant living structures of the mind that capture the influx from the Lord and give it form. And that form is our sense of self and our sense of use and, and all of that, our life. So which is why it's so important to have the word and to be working with it, even if we're struggling with it, to work to have it instilled into our life because the vessels of the word are perfectly tailored to holding the Lord's influx because those vessels are from him and are him. So the more they become the basis for our life and thought, then the more of what is heavenly can be established in the natural mind or at the level of our awareness.